0: This is the Dip and Row Show. I'm Nathan Riojas, here with my friend Tyler Dippery. Hey, hey. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us while we talk some Big 12 sports here. Uh, Tyler and I are usually, uh, we're not on the same page. And I feel like that's the opposite. You hear other people say like, well, most of the time we're on the same page. We're never. We're not. Most of the time we're on not the on same the same page. page. Which
1: is what makes life interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so today whole friendship. today he's all he's fired up about Big Twelve Basketball.
1: Of we've course. Got, because we've got, we got the number one team in the nation. Yeah, we got
0: teams in this conference, not just Baylor, but a lot of yes. good teams in this conference. He's all about it. I'm coming in. Best tonight. conference.
1: Best basketball conference in the nation.
0: Yeah. I'm excited about football. Like I come in, I'm eating up all this off season news. Coaches fired, hired, whether it's college or pro. Um, you know, Matt Rule is a good example. And just where are we at? in life in 2020 now where the head coach of the Baylor bears, when contacted by the Cleveland Browns will say, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm not going to interview for that job. Like that's nuts. Uh, and you know, anyways, it actually
1: uh, says more about the Browns than anybody else. I know exactly. But just,
0: it's weird that the head coach at Baylor said, nah, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk. I mean, you're talking about one of 32 jobs. In the NFL. And, no, and, I get
1: it. I and get it. It's just but. funny.
0: I don't know. It's funny to me. So I'm, all, I'm still kind of wrapped up in all of this offseason stuff because, you know, he's now, of course, obviously at Carolina. And I, I personally think coming off of these conference championship weekends, you got two of the best weeks of the year coming up just tailor-made to binge on NFL films, get hyped up, nerded <laughs> up, whatever you want to call it, for Super Bowl fifty four. Super
1: Bowl? So, yeah. yeah, there's something I'll talk about there.
0: Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Well, and everybody around here, everybody in West Texas is uh, probably more excited about the Super Bowl than they usually are because of, one, Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs being uh, the AFC representative in the my, Super Bowl this year.
1: My homie, man. I'm telling you, I am excited about this because I will actually have a rooting interest in this game because usually if it's like the Patriots and the Packers... I don't care. Doesn't matter to me who wins. It'd be better if neither team won. But with Mahomes, I'm definitely going to be rooting for him. And I just think it's interesting that uh, in the state of Texas, there's only one school that has produced a Super Bowl quarterback. That's so weird. It's only the it's only the school that wears red and black and resides in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, my Texas Tech red. Well, you're talking about you're talking
0: about colleges. Like, just to be specific, you yes. said Texas. No, I know. I just want to clarify. I don't know if everybody else out there knows. I obviously know what you're talking about. Because whenever he made it, everybody, especially Lubbock people, like, yep. he's the he's the first quarterback in the Super Bowl that went to a Texas college or university, like, whatever. Because Texas high schools produce okay. everybody's quarterbacks. everybody's like Drew Brees, Everyb- Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every, gotcha. You know, so I just wanted to clarify, like, you know, I'm not. Trying to rain on your parade here. I'm just saying for people that don't know out there, I'm just saying in Texas the Big supplies 12, the world with quarterbacks. But it's weird.
1: If you if you want to be a quarterback of a generation, come oh to Texas Tech. Come to Texas yeah. Tech. We'll take care of you. We'll have no defense and we'll ruin your college career. I was about but to say just completely waste it, but you will be a generational quarterback all the same. I
0: don't know if that had anything to do with Texas <laughs> Tech or if that was just I mean, all Patrick Mahomes and Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff gets some credit here
1: because Pat was—he was actually a higher-rated baseball player coming into college than he was. Well, I remember people didn't even say
0: like people didn't think he was going to come. Like, well, he's he's going to—he's going to sign. He's going to go play major league baseball.
1: Exactly. So I think Cliff gets a big lion's share of the credit. One for seeing the talent there, and then two, we know that Cliff can develop a quarterback, and that's what he did. And then. Well the other thing is just talking him into it. Like the fact that he talked him
0: into football, because you know, there's probably his best recruiting job. There's a good chance that like nobody, you know, outside of Lubbock or his hometown would know who Patrick Mahomes is right now because he'd be playing double A baseball somewhere. That's right. And I mean
1: and and then the other part of it though is because I don't want to just give all the credit to Cliff. The dude is a once in a generation talent. Like I saw it here at tech, he would make plays that are just mind-boggling. You're like, "What is happening? You're not supposed to be able to do that. That's a video game." It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, so. and I mean, you want to pull tech into this, and I'm just thinking if if Patrick <laughs> Mahomes oh, comes gosh. to Lubbock and they can't win a Big 12 title with Patrick Mahomes. That's true. When is it going to happen?
1: I mean, we barely went to a couple to a bowl game. So, I mean, yeah that just yeah. shows you how bad our defense was those years, it was yeah
0: rough. so anyways, exciting matchup either way. Like I think just these two teams, two of the best all year. I think maybe mm-hmm. the only other team that uh you would have wanted to see or people were hoping to see would probably be Baltimore, but the mm-hmm. fact that they got knocked out, either way, you end up with a great matchup. I'm excited about the Super Bowl. Uh, and we got to talk a little bit we're We're watching Baylor right now. It's big Monday. We're watching Baylor and Oklahoma play in Waco right now. So that's on TV. We're trying not to get too distracted. Well,
1: we have a responsibility to you as a viewer to make sure that we don't miss anything big in the world of Big 12 sports. And so if OU was to knock off the Baylor Bears, we'd want to cover it live and in person. So we're just doing our job, okay? (laughs) Yeah,
0: so we got that game going on in the background. (laughs) But what I was going to say is they have a new football coach. Uh, That came out earlier this week, Dave Aranda, uh, the National championship winning defensive coordinator at LSU is now the head guy in Baylor, uh, and it was, uh, you know, it's hard to watch that national championship game a little bit just because I knew you were going to give me a hard time. I, I almost don't even want to bring it up right About now. About
1: what? About what? I, because I don't remember. me
0: saying, "Oh, this is a this is a great spot for Clemson." I like Clemson in here. I like Dabo. I like Brent Venables, and. LSU just did the same thing. LSU just kept rolling, did here's, what they did to everybody else.
1: Here's what I was I was beating the drum of. LSU is tested, man. They had run the gauntlet. You knew what you were going to get from them, and they were going to play hard. They were going to score points. I didn't care how good Clemson's defense was. My whole point was they weren't a different animal than what they had seen all year in the SEC, and I was right, uh, honestly. Not to toot my own horn, but – LSU was just special, and Joe Burrow in particular is just really good with those receivers. Man, he, it's hard to stop. And then their defense is good. I they're, just couldn't. Good.
0: I couldn't believe that they like nobody could slow them down. And I just knew this is you know it's going to happen that LSU and it, for like a quarter, a quarter and a half they did. And I was the one saying, "Told you, told you. Here we go. Told you." Last. And, yeah, it didn't last because in the second half was all LSU. But, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, uh, football, I got, I'll got. give you credit there. You called that one. LSU came through for you. And now, you know, Dave Aranda, Joe Brady, all those guys taking off. and They gone. Burrow's gone. A bunch of other guys have declared early. So it's going to be interesting to see what LSU looks like. But, nonetheless, college football season is officially over. And I'm – just clinging to all that off season news like I was talking about, and we mentioned, you know, we mentioned Matt Rule last week. Uh, we mentioned Todd Orlando last week. That hey, he's going to be the new Coming linebackers to coach. Red Raiders, yeah. yeah. Well, he's gone now. He's it's been reported today that he is going to be the new defensive coordinator at USC.
1: So, I mean, talk about falling up. Going from the defensive coordinator at Texas, you get fired because your defense was really, really bad, and then going to another. Now, look. USC is probably even a worse spot right now than Texas. But their storied program, to go there as their defensive coordinator, I'm like, wow, that is really falling up, bro. I don't know how he pulled that off. I have no clue.
0: Yeah, it worked out good for him. So. And maybe you avoided some trouble here in Lubbock. Maybe that's just a headache you want, I mean, I, you wasn't, want have.
1: I wasn't too worried about no. it. He wasn't your defensive coordinator. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about it either way. I'm not going to go crazy on assistants yeah. unless they're major recruiters. I know. That, to trying, me, dude, that's a big on. thing.
0: Come on. I'm trying. I was just joking here. Those lighthearted. I wasn't being serious <laughs> about him creating problems. But uh, – Anyway, and Jet Duffy, speaking of more like tech yep. news, he originally was going to go to Tulane. He backed out of that deal. I think it's official now that he's going to be at Central Michigan uh, and not yeah. Miami because that was one of the rumors floating exactly. around here in Lubbock. They get Derek King, the Hurricanes do. Uh, the transfer from Houston, which that was a the weird bet, story. What's the
1: best news there? What's the best news about? He's not going to Oklahoma. That's exactly right. Because that's what we thought was <laughs> exactly, going to happen. Exactly, exactly. So, so maybe for the first time in what three years, four years, they three won't have four. a transfer.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're gonna have to play somebody that Lincoln Riley
1: recruited. Exactly. They'll actually have to play a guy that they developed. I yeah. mean, it's not like they don't have the cupboards bared there. I mean, you have Spr- Spencer Rattler, who is like the number one quarterback in the nation last year. So, I mean, they got some guys, but still, they're going to yeah. have to develop. Well,
0: what I was going to say, the temptation there is going to be to, like, doubt Oklahoma. So, when we get to the yeah. fall, when we're previewing football yeah. season, like, oh, I don't know, you know, what do they got at quarterback? Yeah. And they'll probably be just fine, like they always are. Uh, but, yeah, he's not – Dorit King's not going to Oklahoma. Yeah. So, uh, cool story there. Chad Johnson. Uh, Come on. Because I got to pull in believe. XFL – Made a little bit of Guys, news.
1: I tried to rein him in on this one. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Johnson. Ocho sorry.
0: Cinco, uh, going to be, be trying out in the XFL, not as a wide receiver, but dude wants to be a kicker in the XFL, and I love it. This I'm is just a- giving you another reason to watch the XFL, no. which starts here now in like a couple weeks, because right after the Super Bowl, it's XFL time. And tune in to see Ocho Cinco you think this is awesome? kicking some field goals. I, I love it.
1: I think this is the exact thing. That makes them a gimmick. It's just stupid. Like, no one wants to see Ocho Cinco kick a ball. Like, if I don't, really, don't want to see him really play at all. It's been, like, eight years since he played. But I certainly don't want to see him be a kicker. I just think that's stupid. It's a gimmick. And it, and it makes me not take them seriously.
0: No, man. I'm all about that. And I'm just giving you, the listener... Another reason to tune in and Sorry check it guys. out because he's going to be good. And if he's not, maybe he won't even make the team. It's not, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been signed by anybody yet. Maybe he's just, he's testing it out. Anyways, I feel like I've delayed long enough. It's obviously, when we came in, I'm talking football, a lot of pro football is coming off this weekend. Excited about the Super Bowl. Taj's like, no, nah, man, it's the basketball season. It's he's brown a, ball. He's been in full basketball mode for a while now. That's right. Uh, and he is right. I mean, it's basketball season. Like I said, it's Big Monday. We're watching Baylor and Oklahoma in Waco right now. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, I think I've put it off long enough. It's probably time to get some basketball talk let's going here. Let's do
1: it. Let's jump right in. So let's let, do it this way. Let's do a rundown of every team And let's talk about who they played this past week and kind of give some just quick updates. Now, we won't spend a ton of time on every team, just on the teams uh, that really there's a lot to say about. So first, let's start with the Baylor Bears. They're the number one team in the country. They jumped Gonzaga, and rightfully so. They have wins over ranked teams in Kansas, Texas Tech, Butler, Arizona, and Villanova. And both those conference wins... Tech, and Kansas were on the road. They've just been really impressive. So this week they had wins over Iowa State at home, 68-55, to 55, and then a close win over Oklahoma State, 75-68. to 68. And then right now they're up uh, against OU by about six points uh, with about eight minutes left in the second half. They're just a really, really good team. But the the interesting thing, I don't know if you watched any of this game, but the Cowboys gave them all they could yeah. handle on outplayed Saturday. them really they, for they did.
0: like thirty five minutes just didn't didn't close it out. Uh, on the flip side of that though, I think you probably got to give Baylor a little bit of credit, just right. saying, hey, they found a way to win. It was on the road, which isn't easy in this league. Anytime you go on the road, um, you know you got a chance of getting upset. So hey, they handled their business. They came out with a win. They're still undefeated in league play. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the new number one team in the AP at least as yeah. of today. Uh, Which sounds weird because you're used to seeing that on the other side, it's like, oh yeah, the Baylor women. Right. Yeah, they're they're top five program, but like, oh, oh, the Baylor men are number one.
1: The That's, hard thing is, is even though I don't like to admit it, they're the most complete team in the Big Twelve. Now they're also the oldest team. In the Big Twelve, which is crazy, because they're gonna—they also have ten guys that can return next year. Just shows you how young the Big Twelve is this year. But they have really good guard play with Butler and Teague. But then they're—they're they're not just guards because Gillespie has really come on this season, and then Tristan Clark, who has been an All Big Twelve guy, he's been injured and he's fighting some—some uh, some knee issues. But both of those provide good inside presence. And so there's really not a weakness on this team. They defend well. They can make shots. They're going to be a tough out on anybody. And it's one of the reasons that they can go on the road and win is because they don't have any like glaring weaknesses. They're just a really good basketball team. And they're fun to watch.
0: Yeah, they're pretty solid. Let's go. Let's just keep working down the list here. The Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, not as exciting for them this past week. They had a couple <laughs> no. of losses. One of those in Waco to Baylor. They lose 68-55 to 55 to Baylor. And then uh, maybe the second toughest place to play right now in the Big 12. They lose 72-52 uh, to 52 in Lubbock. So a couple yeah. of... Tough road trips for the Cyclones. You can't really blame them no. g- going to play Baylor and Tech right now, but and both of them being on the road.
1: But, I mean, they're only 8-9 and nine on the season, and they're 1-4 they're in Big 12 play this year. I mean, because like you mentioned, both of those losses are on the road, so they're not backbreakers. But on the other side, they weren't really competitive either. It's not no, like they were close losses. Yeah, I, I mean, the Cyclones, they have a special player. Halliburton is... Their best player, but if he is not special on a given night, if he's just average, they have no shot, absolutely no shot. And that's what happened at both Baylor and Texas Tech. He was just average, and they yeah. can't have that happen.
0: Well, the Kansas Jayhawks—they're the opposite. They had two wins this week, yeah, uh, and nothing too impressive, but they went sixty-six to fifty-two at Oklahoma, and then sixty-six to fifty-seven in Austin. Like I said, not uh, a whole lot to get excited no. there. Uh, but they, you know, hey, they get two wins. Teams that they should be, they take care of business. And the UT game was close. Uh, I tried not to get too excited. I was trying to, you know, raise it in, it yeah, because you knew. But it's like, hey, Texas was in that game, had a um, a lead for a good portion of the first half, and kept it close, kind of even early in the second half. But then Kansas ends up pulling away. And winning by eleven points, but mm-hmm. maybe just more about Texas there, and that I honestly felt like that's about as good as Texas could have played. <laughs> and Kansas, oh. nah, it, you just kind of have like a flat going to the motions performance, and still end up winning by double digits.
1: And I agree with you. We'll get to Texas here in a second because uh, <laughs> they're in yeah. trouble, man. They're yeah. they're rough right now. But let, then let's talk about Kansas State because this this conference is just so good. I mean, we've already talked about Baylor and Kansas who are two of the best teams in the nation right now. And then you have a Kansas state who had a so, so week. So they, they played Texas tech at home and they lost 63 to 77, but then they turn around and have a huge win against the Mountaineers, 84 to 68. So it's almost like a, a tale of two games. Cause they had a bad loss to tech where they looked absolutely lost offensively. And, I mean, rightfully so. Texas Tech can do that defensively. This is something we've seen under Beard. They can make teams look completely lost, like they've never played basketball in their life uh, on offense. So maybe that has more to do with Tech, but they were lost the majority of that game. But then they have a great performance against West Virginia, who is also known for their defense. Now now we'll get into why I think they struggle on the road some, but look at these numbers. I mean, because Kansas State hit everything in that game. They shot fifty-nine percent field goal. Uh so twos all around. Fifty-nine percent, that's really, really good. And then look at their threes. They shot fifty percent from three point land. I mean, when you're shooting that well, there's not much you're gonna do. And that's essentially what happened that West Virginia just ran into a buzzsaw that was shooting well.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about Oklahoma to give you an update here. They're still trailing by six in Waco right now, big Monday. About six and a half minutes left. Manic just hit a huge three, and then they took it off the board. So, so he makes it uh, what should have been uh, or should have been a six-point game. Now it's a it's a nine-point lead. But he brings it within two possessions. They take it off the board because they they called a foul away from the ball. No, like a split second before the thing.
1: I think they took it off the board as a foul for that mustache. I mean that mustache oh, is awful. I love it, is it, dude. Awful.
0: Larry Legend reborn.
1: It is. It is incredibly bad. I mean, like, it it is so bad that it's almost funny.
0: No, dude. Oh, my God. Looks like Larry Bird. Looks like Oklahoma. I love it.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I don't know. I'm not going to hate on it. I think. Oh,
1: my God. Hey, man,
0: just keep doing you. He's balling right there. He hit a big shot and they took it off the board, anyways. So uh, earlier this week, they go to Kansas, or they're at home in Norman, I guess, against Kansas. They lose 66 to 52 there, and then uh, rebound with the win against TCU, 83 to 63. Uh, they look like a tournament team, but I mean that's about it. They just—I don't know—they're good. Oklahoma's good. Yeah, they're kind of one of those—they're second-tier, middle of the road type Big 12 teams. And I like Kruger a lot. I mean, he, he's a guy, and he, his teams have made some noise in the tournament in the past, um, you know, because they've, they've got three legitimate scorers. Manic, one of them, we were just talking about him. Larry Legend, reborn. Or at least I think he looks just like Bird, but we know, whatever. Uh, Doolittle. Um, but none of them, they don't just have, like, dominant guys. They don't have the Trey Young or the Blake Griffin or whatever that we've seen in years past at Oklahoma They're just, you know, they're a solid team and they will be a tournament team, but you don't see them, you know, making a run, making it to the sweet 16 or anything.
1: Well, to me, they just remind me, it's like vanilla ice cream. It's like, are they bad? No, I'll take vanilla ice cream all day. Am I going to get excited about it or be like, (laughs) get me vanilla ice cream? No, I mean, it's okay. And I'll have it if it's all, all you have, but that's kind of OU. They're okay. Uh, Similar to a TCU team. Uh, I just, I don't know of course i i probably think OU is better than TCU. So, then let's go to Oklahoma State. You have the Cowboys. They they had a good win this week. Uh they had a 76 to 64 win and then they had a loss to Baylor 68 to 75. This team is just they're inconsistent. They're young, they're inconsistent, but the Cowboys, they gave Baylor all they could handle on Saturday. They outplayed him, like you mentioned, for most of that game. They have a, a, a guard, Le Likely or LaLakey. Every, every announcer says it differently, so I can never figure out what his actual name is. But he is a good, gritty, hard-nosed player. I really like him. They have some good pieces. They just don't seem to always gel together. Uh, so I think they're going to be a team that... Is going to cause some problems by knocking off a few teams, but I just don't know if they're ready to make a tournament run. Right yeah, now.
0: they're just they're young and they're inconsistent. Right. Uh, they haven't found consistency consistency yet. Um, like you said, they looked okay. They looked good against Baylor uh, on Saturday, and just just didn't have the juice to finish it out. Baylor's just that good, I think. And on what ended up being a bad day for them.
1: And I know I said I, I need to, to make a to correction. They didn't get a they they went 0 and 2 this week cuz they lost to Texas uh 76-64 earlier in the there you league. go. Well,
0: I could see where you just count that as a win. You look <laughs> at the schedule and you think, "Oh, they won. They won right. that game." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's one that the that Texas actually won. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's go let's talk about TC before we get to Texas cuz we are going to talk about them here in just a second. They uh the Horn Frogs got destroyed in Morgantown. They lose 81 to 49 on the road. And then same thing, uh, they went to Norman and they lose 83 to 63. Uh, they have they've beaten bad teams at the bottom of the conference, but just struggled against the better teams in the Big 12. And they're not the best on the road, you know they struggle away from Morgantown.
1: And they have a pretty decent overall record. That's why they can. But TCU does this. They did this last year where. Of course, last year was more pronounced because I think they were in the top 25, and everybody's going, "Oh my gosh, TCU's the real deal. They're the real deal." And I kept, cause I kept saying, "Look, look, look. Wait till they get to Big 12 play. It's not real. It's a mirage." And it was. They're just not that good. Yeah, they're and, okay.
0: Well, and that's my bad right there. I said Morgantown. Like I was already moving on to West Virginia, but I guess I saw they lost at West Virginia. Yeah. Maybe West Virginia is tougher at home. That's what I was thinking. They just you catch West Virginia there. And that's a that's a bad draw. Yeah. Kind of like my guys <laughs> today. Be. Let's go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let's go to those Longhorns. So your Longhorns, they started off the week okay, getting a win over the Cowboys. Where really, if they want, if Shaka Smart wants to keep his job, he's got to have wins like Oklahoma State. Yeah, he's got to win those. He's got to get the gimmies. And so they got that one. Then they took two rough losses: a sixty-six to fifty-seven loss. Kansas, which was a, like we talked about, was a competitive early, game. You know, yeah. yeah. And you really felt like they had a good chance at maybe even winning that game. And then, I mean, I'm not even sure we should talk about the game tonight because it was a beat down 59 to 97 loss at West Virginia.
0: Yeah. Just ugly. Yikes. And it's like, I, I mean, just trying, I don't know if it's not stop making excuses, but just trying to figure out what happened. It's like, that effort that they gave at home against Kansas, it's like they just – I don't know. It's like that's all they had. And then to not get a win out of it, they just didn't show up. And everything was going in for West Virginia today. But uh, it's – yeah, just – it was pretty disheartening effort on Texas's part because they just were like they didn't even want to be there. I mean, they didn't didn't show up.
1: Well, and that's true because West Virginia – their guards have not been hitting anything all year and they, they kind of hit a few shots tonight. And so they're going to be hard to beat if they do that. But going back to Texas, Texas to me doesn't have anything that they can hang their hat on. Their D's not strong. Their offense doesn't seem to have any type of real flow or for that matter, any kind of plan and they don't have a go to score. Like that's the Texas team that I think you have is there is nothing that you can count on and say this is what we're good at. You know what I'm saying? Like because Baylor, you're going look they're they're a complete team. They're not going to beat themselves, but they're good defensively. Texas Tech, what do they hang their hats on? Defense. Defense. Yeah. Kansas, what do they hang their hats on? Well, they have two monsters downside. West Virginia, what are they hanging their hat on? Two monsters downside. Kansas, I
0: would just you could just say like overall talent. <laughs> yeah. Like Kansas is just usually more talented than anybody else. <laughs> you is just say Kansas in the Big Twelve. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I, I think that's my problem with Texas is I'm going, what who, who do they even count on? Like, who's their go-to guy? Because even OU, I mean, you have three guys in Manic and Doolittle and Reeves who, look, I think they're, you can count on them. They're known commodities. I don't know who Texas has. Who do they have? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, I, I just I think it's been really bad. And so here's my question. Is Shaka for sure gone after this year?
0: Uh I don't know. I I mean he was on the hot seat last year and we we were having this conversation and really at the same point last year it seems like and then uh they they don't they're a bubble team to get into the NCAA tournament they don't they end up in the NIT but they win the NIT and that saved his job. And so now I don't know. Maybe it's like yeah, maybe they should have just done this last year. They should have just gotten rid of him. Let's let's move on. I'm cool with it cuz it's hard it's hard for me right now to get excited about college basketball in general mainly because football season is still technically going but also just because we're not that good like we're just not that good and
1: it's just amazing to me the resilience that texas and texas fans have i mean you're even showing it just y'all have a malaise when it comes to basketball y'all are not a basketball school at all no. At all. And so I just think there's total indifference. So it would not surprise me if he stays another year. No. Nah. Just wouldn't surprise me at all. you all have I, no there's nobody going, fire him right now. I can't believe that this is ridiculous. You yeah, don't have that. But you're when just like, you, nah, he's not great. Yeah,
0: but it's it's embarrassing when you see how many people are not at the basketball games. And uh, when you see that performance, and you kind of you start getting excited, like, "Hey, here's a game on national TV against Kansas. Maybe we're gonna do something crazy today." Nah, we're not. You know, and then to get blown out in Morgantown, it's it's getting to an unacceptable level. Like, yeah, we got we got to do something different. We just don't. We don't. Uh, the passion's not there for basketball, so you don't have no. you don't have the rage when things are going poorly. It's kind of like. Eh. But uh, you still want them to be good, and especially with a new arena that you've got to fill that they've already broken ground on, you just can't. Uh, you can't have your basketball program be this bad. And he's had uh, a good, a good enough run. He's or a good enough sample size. That's what I'm trying to say. He's been there long enough to where you can say, "All right, we gave him a fair shot at it. The results aren't there. Let's." try to find somebody else. And maybe we shouldn't have run off Rick Barnes.
1: <laughs> maybe no. we should have
0: just let him do his thing.
1: I mean, uh, it looks, it looks pretty bad right now with what he's doing in Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. So, I mean, you guys definitely got the bad end of that deal. Well, speaking of team you don't want to talk about, let's, uh, let's definitely talk about my boys. Why don't you tell them all about how my boys are amazing at basketball,
0: <laughs> basketball school. Yeah. 77 to 63 win in Manhattan. And then, uh, Big win against the Cyclones in Lubbock on Saturday, seventy-two to fifty-two. The game, uh, a lot of fun, I guess, if you're a Tech fan. Oh yeah. But then the experience, because Vanilla Ice was there at halftime. Oh yeah. Was honestly, I like it to me, and I, this is me as an outsider. Maybe that was sweet. To me, that was the biggest story of Saturday. That was cool. I don't know if everybody else feels the same hey. way. So I'm sure the game was fun, but I think I saw more videos and more posts and stuff. About halftime than I, anything else.
1: Vanilla Ice needs to get some credit because at 52, the boy can still get down. He's 52. I didn't know. He's I looked it up. I googled. Oh, it. I, was like, oh, I was like, bro. But he was good. It was awesome. I was. I was definitely a big fan of that. Uh, That's so rough. yeah, I, I'm with that. But talking about the bi- basketball. I think the biggest thing with Texas Tech right now is Kyler Edwards emerging as a third scorer for this team. Because you have Davide Moretti. We all know what he is. He's a shooter. He's one of the best shooters in the nation. Then you have a freshman in Jemias Ramsey who can score. He's a natural-born scorer. He can score. But if you have a Kyler Edwards who then adds that third threat, man, this team can be dangerous. Because he was the Big 12 player of the week this week. He had games of twenty-four and twenty-two, it just really makes this team dangerous on offense because you they can struggle, really struggle to score at times. And so that just gives them another option because they don't have a culvert this year. They don't have just a guy that's gonna give them, you know, 26 and and just put the team on his back. But the biggest concern that I have, I'm still worried about tech competing for a Big 12 title, is just the fact that they do not rebound well at all. They can really struggle to rebound. The only shot I think, and we were talking about this before we recorded, is maybe yeah. you get some help here pretty soon with their, either a Joel Natambwe or a Tyreek Smith joining the team in the next few games. Maybe that makes a difference because Joel Natambwe, they've reapplied for the waiver. transfer waiver. Again, Tech Athletics, they feel good about getting that. I it was denied the first time, so I don't know. And then Tyreek Smith is a freshman, is a big guy uh, who had a foot problem early in the season that apparently he's getting healthy too for the first time. So yeah, yeah that's see, and
0: I I don't know. I have a hard time buying into that because, like you said, I expected it to happen earlier in the year, and. Just didn't happen.
1: Okay, so, hey, we've we got to give you an update here. Yeah, hey, we're watching
0: this, getting distracted here.
1: We got a good game going on with the Baylor Bears and the Sooners. The Sooners just hit a three to bring it within two. So 41
0: uh, seconds left. Timeout uh, on the floor. Wouldn't and,
1: that just be like college basketball this oh, year? Oh, yeah.
0: New it, number one exactly, go down. That was the exactly. theme all before Christmas. <laughs> yep. Or all before the new year, I guess I should say.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. Well, they've
0: kept it. Uh, you know Oklahoma's kept it right here like six eight they get they get it down to two a two possession game like five six but then it's eight and then it's nine and then it's five six and it's eight nine so they they've stayed within striking distance and every time they get close and you think they're gonna make it or they could make a run it just doesn't happen so Manic now has got 16 points in the second half here uh yeah so we'll see we'll we'll keep you updated I think uh
1: we have one more. We have West Virginia. Yeah, we got to talk about the Mountaineers. So, so let me give you some updates on their scores. We They had a 81-49 to 49 win over TCU. They had a 68-84 to 84 loss to Kansas State. And then they had a huge win, win that we today. just talked about, 97-59 yeah. over Texas. Uh, I guess, can can I just talk about what I think has been a trend? for them over the past couple of years. Oh
0: yeah. Well, I think you've talked about this before too. Okay. I think and I and I don't want to just, you know,
1: it's not it's not, it's not sour like grapes, but
0: cuz I feel like most people will agree with you. I mean, it's it's been noticeable. Yeah. Really, I think as long as Bob Huggins has been at West Virginia,
1: because they're really tough at home. They're really really hard to beat at home, but they can struggle, struggle to to win on the road. And the reason for that is they really put pressure on officials to call fouls almost on every possession. And they just basically say, at home, you're not going to call it every time. You're going to let it, uh, the game play more loose. But then when they go on the road and the officials tighten it up a little bit and that crowd gets on everything, because that's what happens with opposing crowds. They're going, are you kidding me? How do you not call that? And officials are real people. So they they feel that. And the game tightens up and they can just really, really struggle to win outside of of their home court yeah
0: so. and you've seen that in the tournament too they're one of those teams where uh you know oh. in the tournament
1: for the lead oh Baylor! oh you what are you doing they got us they got the rebound they did everything yeah they could. defensive
0: rebound they even were running a fast break and uh
1: instead of taking a they, i hate that play though Instead of taking layup. a layup, you take a three for the win, fall, but it's like when a it's fall a away through Just get set. He's got exactly. time. Exactly.
0: He's got time to get set, and he didn't. Oh. But yeah, yeah they I pass like it up. Shot. You got the ball in the paint. Go to the bucket, and you might even get a three-point play in the paint. That's you right. know, it's like it's not a given, but go uh, tie that game up. So... Baylor comes down, hits some free throws. Now it's, yeah, it's sixty to fifty-seven younger. with three and a half seconds left. It looks like Baylor's going to hang on. Because it's funny, you know, we mentioned it uh, a little while ago when there was forty-one seconds left. Right after Oklahoma makes it a two-possession game or one-possession game, they made it a one-possession game. Then they start showing the graphic of all the number-one teams mm-hmm. have that have down. gone have gone down. But it looks like Baylor's not going to be one of those. They, they hit both free throws.
1: And again, this is Baylor's. Uh, Another close game, but they find a way to win, and that's what good teams do. They find well, a way to and win. And they
0: controlled it. Like I said, yeah. Oklahoma did a good job of staying within striking distance. They went on a nine to two run to make it a two point game right there. But then they've kinda of, Baylor's done what they've done all night really while we've been watching this. Just once they get close, they stretch it back out a little bit. So now they've got a four point lead with three and a half seconds left. So I don't think I don't think Lon Kruger can draw anything up for that. I don't think he got a four point play.
1: I think it's in over. There. I think it's over. Well, getting back to West Virginia, the thing that they do really well is they just kill people on the glass. They have two monsters down low, and they just kill people on the boards. In fact, what they did with your Longhorns is they doubled them up on rebounds. I mean, that's all they're doing up there. They're just playing volleyball up there, just throwing it up and saying, hey, we'll go get it. doesn't matter if we miss all day. They're a very good team, but they're more dangerous at home than they are on the road, so I think that's safe to say. And I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the way that they played basketball, but having said that, I think they're a very good team and a team that'll really challenge for the title at the end of the year. So yeah,
0: it works. So we just they just went final in Waco, and this is weird. It's it's I don't know. It's it kind of it makes it difficult because they were a little bit distracted, especially as it got down to the last couple of minutes of this game. But then I feel like in a way. We're getting to, like, call the end of this game. It's a little bit fun. So, anyways, final in Waco, Baylor hangs on, and I guess they'll still be, or they have a shot to be, the new number one team. They get to hang on to that maybe uh, a week from now when the next rankings come out.
1: But more importantly, probably, they keep a stranglehold at the top of... 6-0 in the Big 12 now. 6-0 in the Big 12. I mean, you really need them to start dropping some games for teams to... Have up. a chance at it. <laughs> I mean, because this is the scary part. The two hardest games, uh, maybe you have a West Virginia at West Virginia is a very very hard game. But the two two really hard games at Texas Tech and at Kansas, they've already won both of those places. So it's kind of scary. It's getting scary there for the. Yeah, Diller well, Bears. this is
0: Oklahoma's third loss. Tech's got two losses. Uh, so yeah, there's some catching up to do. Kansas, I guess, still. Uh, with just one in the loss column. But, uh, yeah, Baylor looking good. And like you said, a pretty good stranglehold with some of their tougher games behind them. That's right. Not well, cool, man.
1: I think that's all we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. You can find us any of those platforms. Love for you to listen in and give us a review. Hey, for all of you in Lubbock, Nathan and I will be at Champs Sports Bar & Grill. That is off of Milwaukee. It's a new sports bar here in Lubbock for the Campus Live pregame bash starting at 2.30 this Saturday. I promise you it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be something that you want to do to come get prepared for the big game that is hosted here in Lubbock. Probably not big. Huge is probably the word there. People have been talking
0: about this one for a long time. I'm
1: so excited about it. Where you have our Red Raiders taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. So that Big 12
0: SEC challenge.
1: That fun is gonna start at 230. We're gonna pre-game it, okay? We're gonna do everything <laughs> here. We're gonna get ready for the game. We're gonna get you Get all the info, everything else. It's an incredible place in a venue to watch yeah. a game. I, I was did there a good this job weekend. setting it up. Have you been there? I mean, it's incredible. There's TV's galore there, man.
0: Even when you're driving down Milwaukee, yes. it's hard not to look over
1: there. Dude, it's amazing. They have some
0: outside. Like there's one, yes. there's a TV posted up on the column outside. So I'm driving by like
1: looking at the TV. I'm telling you, even if it's packed, they have TVs outside on pillars where I'm pretty sure it's only for people waiting to get a table so it will you will be taken care of that's this saturday make sure you go to campus live facebook page uh and, and tell them about that you're going there to the event it helps us know all the people going so love for you to come join us on saturday hey i'm tyler dippery
0: and i'm nathan riojas
1: y'all have a good one see ya